0: Know what that direction looked like at the time And uh, I had a couple of more messages That the Holy Spirit gave me In, in regards to, to him To his personage And uh, a couple of weeks ago I did a message on the four corners of love Today I want to deliver A, a message to you Entitled Godliness starts at home Godliness starts At home and so I don't know how long. I'll be preaching a little bit on family from one perspective or another. And then, of course, on the 19th, we have Father's Day. And I've asked five gentlemen from within our church to take 10 minutes or, well, not 10 minutes or so or less, 10 minutes or less, to talk about what it's like to be a father and about fatherhood. So we're going to have a great Father's Day coming up. But 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4 says, the first responsibility is to show godliness at home. Oh, you don't have to amen me. I'm going to preach whether you do or don't. I just wanted that to sink in. The first responsibility is to show godliness at home. Everything starts at home. What you are behind closed doors is who you really are what you are when the curtains are drawn and the blinds are shut represents who you really are in your heart not what you present out in public or what you present at church we're all pretty good at putting on a a good front and a good face in public and especially at church to well represent our best side and then when we get behind closed doors things for many people, change. But who you are and what you are in your home, that's the most important thing. Who are you at home? Who, What are you at home? What, what do you, your kids see? Do they see the same you at home that they see in church on Sunday? What does your spouse see? Does your husband or your bride see a different you at home than they see at church or in the Christian environment in the new King James version it says let them first learn to show piety piety is kind of a religious word and piety means godliness let them first learn to show godliness at home that's where it starts John McLean he said on the uh the bench of the supreme court from 1829 through 1861 and he had a fairly indifferent and closed mind about religion pretty much his whole life up until he heard the message of what the death of jesus christ meant and the holy spirit of course sparked his heart and he realized that what it meant for him and he gave his he gave his heart and he gave his life to christ upon the hearing of the gospel Before the day of his conversion had ended, he ran home, and he told everyone, I just just found out that Jesus died on the cross for me. Everybody get in the drawing room right now. We're going to have prayer. Well, he had a bunch of attorneys that were there waiting to get some uh, advice and some counsel from him, and so he told them all, I've given myself to Jesus, and now I intend to invite him into my home. You may do as you please. You can stay or you can go. But I want Christ in my home. And right now with my family, I'm going to invite Jesus Christ into my home. And my first prayer for Jesus will be in this house today. Hmm. Pre-Father's Day. How many of you dads have gone home? Everybody in the kitchen now. We're going to pray. Or are you different at home? than you are here. When the jailer at uh, Philippi in Acts chapter 16, which is the story of of, uh, Paul and Silas, you know, in the jail, uh, when the jailer heard the gospel message and it pierced his heart, his words were, what must I do to be saved? And of course, Paul told him, believe in the Lord and you will be saved. You know what his first act was? The day of his conversion was to lead his wife to the Lord, to lead his kids to the Lord, to lead all of his relatives to the Lord, and even to lead his servants to the Lord. He made his decision that the day upon finding Christ, everybody in his household were going to become Christians. Is your Christianity locked away in a box except for Sunday? Are you different? Listen, for a lot of families who who many men and who many women are at home is way different than who they are at church. Friends, godliness starts at home. We've had it backwards for way too many years where we felt like, well, I'll show godliness at church and hopefully it follows me home. I'll be godly and religious looking and act proper, if you will, whatever definition that may be, at church and maybe it will just follow me home. And everything will be different because of how I act at church. No, no, no. Friends, it doesn't start at church. It starts at home. Because who you are at home is who you really are. Who I am at home is who I really am. And I believe Diane would attest to the fact that it's just the same, Rick. You get the same package whether you're at the house or out in the boat or working in the barn or at the church, same Rick. The responsibility to first show godliness at home is not some matter of personal choice. Hmm, Well, I think God was just offering a suggestion so I can juggle that around and do that how I want. No, it's not. It's actually an instruction from God himself ...that we show piety, that we show our Christianity... ...that we show our religion in the positive sense of that word... ...that we practice our godliness first at home. Because I'll say it again, who you are at home is who you really are. When the lights are out, when the doors are closed... ...when the curtains are pulled, that's who you really are. Who are you? So it's an instruction from God. It's the will of Father God... That Jesus reign in our home above all else. That Jesus reign in our family above all else. That is his will for each and every one of us. That he is on the throne of our home and on the throne of our family. Not just something you pretend to be on Sunday. But somebody you live out being. All week long, every day, 24-7, 365, regardless of whether you're here or whether you're on vacation in the summer. And summer can be, and vacation can be, well, I'm not at church, so maybe I can do something a little different. I'm telling you why she's giggling, because she knows what story I'm about to tell, even though I didn't tell her beforehand. Years ago, Let everybody say "years years ago. Thank you very much for that qualification. We were still, I think we were actually pastors probably at West Branch or maybe youth ministers here, I don't remember. I don't know what you're going to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> now she's freaking out. And we went camping. And, you know, I wanted to have a drink. And so I can't remember whether we got some rum or we mixed it in a Coke. I was You were too. <laughs> you were too. We're, we're all, And this was, how, how long ago was it, y'all? years ago I promise you that's not a joke it was like last summer anyway no I'm just 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 kidding it was a year literally years ago we learned our lesson at this camp out and so we're sitting around the campfire and I and to hide it we put the rum in the coke can not the other way around and uh, I had to go to the restroom so I go over to the restroom and uh, Forgive me for the graphic look at it, but I'm 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 standing at the urinal, and uh, and this guy pulls up next to me, and uh, I'm just telling you guys don't talk, standing at the urinal, especially at a campground in the woods. And this guy turned, "How you doing?" And when he turned to me, I saw "Promise Keepers" written across the top of his hat, and I said, oh, "I'm doing good," and. Uh, He said, you know Jesus? I said, yeah, yeah, I know Jesus. Where are you camped at? And we're right over there. We'd like to come over and sit with you guys. Maybe we could talk about the Bible and sing some songs. (laughs) Now, anytime you got to hide something, just go ahead and consider it a sin. Right on? I'm not trying to say whether drinking is a sin or not. I don't think Christians ought to be drinking. But... And there's a case in point, right? I remember we are out in a golf course one time, and every now and again, I like to smoke a cigar. How long ago was this? Years ago. And I'm not just joking. It was literally years ago. And, huh? Yes, you were too there. <laughs> and uh, I had a cigar, and, uh, and uh, it wasn't a sin to me, okay? I didn't have any conviction about it until I had to hide it. And so I have this cigar, and I got the kids with us, and we're out there together. And one of the things I hate more than anything else when I'm golfing is, and John will attest to this probably for him, even for himself, when someone hits the ball into you because they're impatient with the fact you're taking too long, that's who I am. John, of course, hits the ball into them. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. You don't really. Uh, And so uh, I turned around because now I'm mad with a cigar in my hand. And what I like to do when that happens is get my golf club and hit it back toward him. John's going, "Uh uh-huh. And I looked up over the hill. And here come this guy. He's bow-legged. And there was only one guy in my life that was bow-legged. It was my pastor. Over the top of the hill, here he comes. And I knew immediately that it was Pastor Bernie Gruendike coming over the top of the hill. I immediately got rid of the cigar and he came and said, yeah, I hit into you because I knew that was you. Listen, anytime you got something that you got to hide, it's a sin. Okay? So what are you hiding at home? What's going on at home that you wouldn't dare have out in public. All right, I just told on myself, and I promise you without any shadow of a doubt, those were years ago. Those three things were lessons to me. You never know when Jesus is going to say, I want you to witness to somebody, or I want you to do such and such, and, and now you've got yourself in a pickle learn first to show godliness at home society today we just with our teenagers that were up here I don't know how you guys navigate what you've had to navigate it's crazy society today wants to be the vanguards of education they want to be the vanguards and the developmental architects of the moral compass and culture today has no thought about Christ In the home. I read an article just this morning. Now, let me go ahead and back this up by saying I did more than just read the article. I went and did some research on the article before I decided I'd say anything about it. And it's about a new Christian artist out who is a lesbian, a proclaimed lesbian, and who is now rising on the charts of Christian music. And the article was How long will it be before this infiltrates the church? And churches are actually singing. We're playing the song or songs from a proclaimed lesbian. Listen, society doesn't care about your home. They don't care about what you believe about Christ. And here's, here's when this really struck me, and I decided to say something about it today. Not because I got a vendetta. So we play music in prayer every Sunday morning here. And uh, there, the first song that came up on the music, I went, I recognize that voice. Because I just read about it and listened to a bunch of things this morning about it. And I went, no, it can't be. And I went back there and it was that artist. There was her picture right there on the screen. And who knows how many weeks I had had that playing during prayer time. We've got to be careful. Culture today has no thought they want to be the vanguards of our education. They want to be the developmental architects of our moral compass. And the enemy will do everything he can to infiltrate our lives and first and foremost to infiltrate our homes. Godliness starts at home. You better be careful about what you're listening to. And any of you who want to know the name of this artist so that you're not caught up listening, you come see me after I will gladly give you the name of that artist. It's time that we remember that it's not the public instruction that is our cultural, uh, it's not the public instruction of cultural morality that matters. It's the family home instruction of biblical morality that should be our rallying cry. We must teach in our homes the things of Christ, but moms and dads, you must live it to its fullest degree. You cannot hope and expect that your children will never get caught up in alcohol if you're drinking alcohol. And I'm not here to preach against alcohol this morning. I'm not the one who defines moral godliness. This does. This defines it. If you don't want your kids to smoke, stop smoking. If you don't want your kids to, when anger, comes, and anger will come to start spitting off vulgarities, then stop doing it. If you don't want your sons to be caught up in pornography and other things, stop watching it on TV. Godliness starts first at home. When sin is left unchecked in our homes, because remember who you are at home behind closed doors when the lights are out and the Shades are pulled, the doors are closed. That's who you really are. I don't care what you look like on Sunday. And you shouldn't care what I look like on Sunday if something's completely opposite at home. When sin is left unchecked in our home, in our family. The forces of evil run rampant and it creates an undertow that causes our homes to seem nearer to hell than anything else on earth. But when you have a home that is centered on Christ, it is by design, biblical design, to to appear closer to heavenly than anything else you can experience on earth when there is a Christ-filled home. And I'm not the fruit inspector, I'm not here to inspect your home that's between you and the holy spirit i mean when i say statements like who you are when the lights are out and the windows are closed and the curtains are drawn and the doors are closed you you're doing your own self-inspection while that's happening because that's who you really are you put on the religious mask all you want and look real good here at church with everybody else Jesus knows who you really are. Your kids know who you really are. Your spouse knows who you really are. Jesus knows who you really are. Godliness starts at home. And I wish you would take this statement that I said, a Christ-centered home is as close to heaven on earth as you can get without dying and going to heaven. But a Christ-less home, a Christ-less home is as close to hell as anything else on earth it matters because people tend to sink to lower levels of sin when they are in a christless home because no one knows who you really are in secret so you can sink lower and lower and so i think the cry of the hour must be christ first for the family and I hope as we, we just came through Mother's Day, Father's Day is just around the corner, if there was ever a time that we should begin to take a look at our own lives and how we are leading as parents and as spouses to have it be authentic, to be real, and not just a Sunday mask, but the real deal, true blue. Sometimes true blue is hard to swallow but I wish we were all true blue, the real deal, authentic. And who you are here isn't any different than who you are at home. Say it with me, Christ first, Christ first, for my family. So plan to build your home on the Bible and it will be built upon an immovable rock The rock of ages. Jesus Christ, who is the sure foundation. That's what you want for your children. When they get the age of these young ladies who are now getting ready to embark off into life by themselves to have enough of a strong foundation from a true home, a true blue home, an authentic Christ-filled home that no matter what direction they may go, after they leave that home, it will never, ever, ever leave them. Or do they see somebody different in private. Make the family altar a place where the Lord's presence is welcome in your home. Maybe you even ought to stop right now and go, gee, do we have a family altar at home? Make the voice that you have, and the words that you say, and the prayers that you make, and the songs that you sing be about Christ, the songs that you listen to, the shows that you watch to be pure and to be holy and to be godly to the best of your ability. And when something shows up on that screen or in that music that you automatically know goes against the grain of what the Bible talks about godliness, shut it down or it will infiltrate your spirit. This insidious deceitful enemy who very shortly will have these kinds of songs from these kinds of artists sung as praise and worship tunes in our services just because they seem to be lyrically correct but their foundation is demonic do you realize how careful we have to be in this day and age Sharon can tell you the moment I heard that song, I jumped on that thing right now. I said, this ain't happening in this church. So plan to build your home on Jesus Christ. Make Jesus the unseen guest at every meal. Or do you just dig in? Do you say family prayers together while you're eat- before you eat your meal every time? Diane and I still do it, and our kids are gone. We pray over every meal. We have leftovers. We got some meals that are so blessed. They've been prayed over four or five different times. He is the unseen guest at every meal. Jesus is at the table. One of the other things Diane and I do, we... After we say uh, amen to the, the meal prayer, we kiss. Amen. amen. Are you guys doing that now too? Sure. Awesome. Do it all year. We've been doing it how many years now? 30? 30, 30. 30 years. Every meal. Even at home when it's just the two of us. Well, you just did that for your kids. Oh, no, 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 no. If I even so much as hesitate two seconds, she'll be like, You forgot? i i be like, no, 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 no. And of course, food's coming out of my mouth because I took my bite too soon. Make, you know what that does? It makes Christ the center of every meal. Every meal. Well, aren't you perfect? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being real here and real at home. But real at home first. Because that's where it starts. So make up your minds. And resolve that Christ shall be first in your family. Thank you. Praise God. And if you haven't started kissing your bride or kissing your husband after praying over the meal, start doing it. And watch your kids want to steal that kiss. Well, you can't tell you the number of times Emily and Erica tried to quickly photobomb our kiss by sticking their heads in between our faces as we were getting ready to kill. You you know, they didn't get that it's just her and mine. But word it center around Jesus was a guest at the table. Whether you're barbecuing, whether you're camping, whatever you may be doing, remember Jesus is a guest at the table. When you're sitting around the campfire and you don't know a promise keeper is going to meet you in the bathroom. I learned my lesson. If I had to hide it, I ought not be doing it. Are you hearing me, beloved? Are you doing all right? I, I know you're ready for the most famous five letter word in every sermon close. So I want to ask you, for Jonathan, praise team, I'm not sure who, what y'all have planned. I want to pray for families this morning. I'm going to have our altar ministry team come forward so you guys can get ready to come forward now. That'd be just fine. Our ushers are going to help. I think it's just a great time maybe for us to... It's not about you revealing it. I reveal some of my stuff just from years ago. You know, I learn from my mistakes and you get to learn from my mistakes as well, I guess. But this is a good time for us to pray over families. So I wanna ask, are you handicapped by need? Are you wondering how you're gonna make ends meet? Has the financial crunch of the inflation that we're facing right now overtaken you to you're wondering you know, when's the next, where's the next meal coming from? I want you to know that the same Lord who turned water into wine at a Galilean wedding can direct his power to your home and to your table as well. Make him the center of your family. Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Make him the center of your family. Make him the center of your home. Godliness starts first at home. Are you afraid that you've gone too far? Are you afraid that you've been too bad? Are you afraid that you've already ruined the reputation of your family name but right now at this very moment he's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking seeking entrance into your life so i invite you to open the door and to let him in revelation three twenty: behold i stand at the door and knock and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come in to him and dine with him and he with me so resolve that christ shall be first in your heart resolve that Christ shall be first in your family. Resolve that Christ will be first in your marriage. Resolve that Christ will be first in your home. Don't let anything else have a higher place in your home. Are you in bondage to fear? Are you in bondage to doubt? Are you in bondage to sickness? Have you suffered with pain for so long that you wonder what pain what a day would be like without pain I can relate I can relate but instead of having horrible resentful thoughts against God who you're wondering why haven't you healed me yet why haven't you changed this yet why 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 or having thoughts about just throwing in the towel and giving up on him altogether why not start exalting him first at home why why not <clears throat> praising him first at home. See, we're really good. We come to church. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You leave here and go, oh man, <laughs> I feel horrible. I'm... How about next time you feel horrible and you're grabbing that back, Praise God, I thank you, Lord, that I'm doing great and and I'm feeling whole and and I'm feeling well. And come here, Diane, I just said a prayer to feel like getting a kiss. Come here. Shake your head this way, baby. Okay, good. Maybe just maybe He'll heal you, maybe just maybe He'll raise you up, give you life. Take that pain away. Our first responsibility is to practice our faith at home first. And again, I'm not your fruit inspector. I'm just your pastor. I'm not here to inspect your private life. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But when in doubt, throw it out. If there's anything in your life that you've got to hide, get rid of it. And and let me help you, feeling like you can only do it behind closed doors is still hiding it. Because godliness, the first responsibility that we have scripturally, according to God's will, is to practice our godliness at home first. So let us all, regardless of our status in life, regardless of race, creed or color, color, whether simple or whether educated, wherever or whatever your home may be, let's make up our minds and resolve that Christ will be first in our home and in our family because godliness starts at home. If you can believe it and you can receive it this morning, would you give the Lord some praise in the house of God today?